You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Yeah, there should be some passion. This doesn't have to be boring. 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 Hey, one thing the game needs is more people like you. 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 Still have grown men run around tight pants. Smokey Betts, Daniel Bard, Steve Aoki, Jared Saltzlamakia. This is Brock Holt. Hey, this is John Lester. Baseball is baseball. Baseball isn't boring. Welcome to Baseball Isn't Boring. Here's your host, Rob Bradford. All right, happy holidays, everybody. Baseball is not boring. Once again, we are proving it. We are proving it by storming into the new year, and we're going to do so by talking some free agency, the offseason. Just because guys are coming off the board doesn't mean guys are are totally off the board and there isn't drama. And where there's drama, we're always there for you. We're, we're, we're there for you. Baseball isn't boring. And our guy, Ed Hand, free agent correspondent who's been dominating for the last couple of months in this realm, um, the name of the first guy that we're going to talk about has come up a few times, Ed, I think. Right? Correct? I think he's yeah, I think I, Carlos, I, Carlos Cray has been mentioned on this podcast, right? Uh, I, you know, it sounds familiar. It sounds familiar. I mm. think he went to the he went to the Giants. A lot no, of folks. No, we didn't go. No, no. Then he went to the Mets. Mm. Maybe. A lot of photoshopped images of him playing for a lot of teams. All right. I guess, uh, you know, like I said, we, we've talked a lot about Carlos Correa and where he might end up. And where, where did I forget? We, we, you were pretty good in your guesses when shortstop. Where did you have Correa? Do you have Correa going to the Dodgers? I had him, I think, landing on either the Dodgers or the Yankees. So I was a little okay. bit off of that. Well, you never know. There's always a chance. Yeah. Now, like, maybe the Pirates will try about for a year. I don't, I don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. One year, $50 million yeah. um, uh, on a leg that we don't know it works. But anyway, so when you heard this, when you first heard this, so we, we obviously the Giants thing was like, I can't believe this happened. It happened in the middle of the night. Um, you know, then because it, 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 it's rare, Ed, where something happens and then the other part of it happens so quickly. So yeah. the Giants part happens and then immediately the Mets part happens and it all happens before anyone woke up. What was your sort of reaction to it when you heard all that stuff? My initial reaction with Correa was that I didn't think that um, he was. I just didn't think that the Giants particularly wanted him. I think that they. They're it's trying like to get out. When, it's like when you okay, you're buying a house, right, and you commit to it, but you're not really. You, you're getting cold feet, so you get an engineer to come in, 
oh, that electric socket doesn't work. That negates everything. We're out. Um, so I think that they tried something like that. And then Boris basically, they wanted more time with Boris to negotiate. And he basically said, no, I have another taker. He's going to the Mets. Um, but then the Mets kind of had the same issue. So I, it, it might have been less cold feet than I initially thought there. But that was my immediate reaction was, oh, the Giants don't want this guy. Yeah, well, and, and then you had, you know, it, it's funny because you're going to catch heat from the, the Giants world. The Giants are. Because this is this is what everybody, I'm sure they sold a crap load of tickets yeah. when that was announced. And you know, a couple of days later, you end up with another injury risk and another Boris guy, Michael Conforto. So uh, that was bizarre. I mean, to add some bizarreness to the bizarre. So yeah, um, but I don't. I think you're. I think you, that you weren't alone in that. Where okay, you know, this is a lot. If there's any semblance of anything, we're we're gonna get. We're we're not gonna do it. Um, and. And you know, and Boris isn't the type of guy who's going to wait around. I mean, if he sees, he's going to take advantage of a guy like Steve Cohen. Not like take advantage of him in terms of like getting over on him in money, but take advantage of this guy. It's clear he wants to be aggressive, so let's let him be aggressive, right? Yeah, um, so it's symbiotic. Like he has something that Cohen needs, and Cohen's willing to do what it takes to get. Well, you, that's it, Ed. I mean, right? He, that Cohen said that he was like that was yeah. the last piece, right? Yeah. And, so. and, and you know, and, and maybe at some point in the negotiations, you know, he said that to Scott Boris, and Scott Boris said, "Hey, remember when you said that that he was the last piece? Well, guess what? He's still available." So it's uh, it's it's been crazy. But so now you have the deal with the mess. Uh, now, first of all, do you your heart of hearts, your your gut of guts? Do you think that he this this gets done with the Mets? Yeah, I do. Just because Cohen wants his guy, and I, I find it very hard to believe that if he's really the last piece that they're missing, that uh, they would let him that they would let him go over an injury concern from something because I believe it's a leg injury that took place. Right, when he it's was a leg injury still in the it's minors. from 2014, and yeah, um, it's so bizarre. I've used the bizarre a lot, but I guess that's the, the world that we're living in right now. It's it's been very strange. I've never seen anything like this. As yeah, as and, and so you know, so covering the Red Sox, uh, I've seen a few of these, right? Not at this level. I mean, we I don't think we've seen anything at this level in terms of um, the the years and the in the number. But there, there's been a few of these where in in, in the, the bizarre. Th- <laughs> I'm going to start saying bizarre. That's awful. Um, <laughs> the get weird the, thing, get your thesaurus out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. The weird thing is, is that is that a lot of times you don't the injury that surfaces never, ever, 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 ever becomes an issue. And to be perfectly honest with you, Ed, in my experiences, more times than not, it never does become an issue. And I get the teams have to protect themselves, but. You probably remember some of these. I'll give you. I'll give you a sampling. Um, you have. Uh, well, you have. Let's go back. The most recent back. JD Martinez's deal was delayed because this is Liz Frank thing in his foot. Well, we didn't hear anything about that no. ever in his five years. All right. Um, going back a little bit before that, Mike Napoli deal went from a three-year deal to a one-year deal to a three-year deal. So because of because of something. And 
to me, the ultimate one was one which I which I covered and in, in, and I wrote an extensive story about because the player wanted to get his side of the story out about it after the fact, and that was Jason Bay. Jason Bay in two after two thousand eight, he had to deal in the middle of two thousand eight um, that he was it was done. It was done in July. A, a four year, sixty million dollar deal. The press release was being drawn up and everything else, and then boom, they swoop in and say, no, 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 you have to have knee surgery. Not like you have, we have caught like a, a issue about your knee. No, you have to have knee surgery and the deal will be for two years. And he's like, I never have a problem with my knee. What are you talking about? My knee doesn't hurt right. at all. And that becomes, that evolves into different things throughout the year. The deal's off the table, sort of blows up his mark until the Mets, a different version of the Mets came in and sort of saved it with a, uh, a four-year, sixty million dollar one. He really didn't have any anybody else on the market, but and and Jason Bay had his issues with the mess, but he never had a knee problem. That's never. so. Like, what was going on there though that they wanted him to get like elective knee surgery? It was so weird because you know, and we didn't know about this till after the season. But he, it, the the conspiracy theory in it, and I don't have any proof to this. But the Red Sox were, you know, at that time, they were good about, we're going to give you this offer, kind of like what teams are doing now. They're going to give you this offer, and we don't think you're going to take it, but maybe you will take it. Right. And you have to go back to that time, Ed, where I think that in that market, heading into that market, the two chief free agent bats in that that free agent market was going to be Jason Bay and Matt Holliday. And so – when they offer this, at that time, the perception was this is well be below market value. But Bay was the type of guy, he liked it at Fenway, he liked it with the Red Sox. He had been there for uh, just about a year. And he's like, I, listen, good enough for me. <laughs> so they, so he said, okay. And then it, it just completely comes off the table. But they went after the fact, and they got three different second opinions, and none of them said that there was an E issue. And again, it, it blew up his market, and so um, yeah, so that was uh, that was the the most bizarre one that I've ever come across. This happens. It's, it, this happens a lot. This happens with not a lot, but it happens. And like I said, my guess is that Carlos Correa will not have a problem with his leg my, going forward. And I don't blame the team. If, if the team doesn't want, it wants to be careful and the team wants to be cautious and protect themselves, that's fine. Another one, and more recently, was when the Red Sox had the deal, uh, the Mookie Betts deal, and had Bruce, the reliever Bruce Dark Gratterall lined up as the guy coming back with Alec Verdugo. And they said, no, we didn't, we don't want, uh, we're concerns about Gratterall's shoulder. We're going to take Jeter Downs and Connor Wong said. After the fact, I found out that they really didn't like his shoulder to the point just because they wanted a starter and they didn't think his shoulder will hold up as a starter. And you can make that argument. All right, yeah, you know he's had shoulder issues here and there, but every time I watch Pitching Ninja, like five times a year, I see a Bruce Dark Gratterall Pitching Ninja highlight that, that makes you go, wow, wow. So um, I think they were being cautious. Is it overly cautious? Maybe. That's their prerogative and that they're going to take the chance of, of getting burnt down the road. And that's exactly ha what happened with the Giants. So anyway, that's my long-winded way of saying this happens.
Yeah, I mean, the thing, the only thing that I find, like when I say I haven't seen this before, was that in all of those that you mentioned, they ended up either agreeing to the deal or he went to a different team. They worked it out under different circumstances or he didn't sign with the team. This was just that there was, with that Bay one, it sounds like there was never, like they had the offer, but then there was other stuff. With this, it sounded like it was a dumb deal. He was in San Francisco. He oh, was they had the press conference. Yeah. yeah, the press conference got canceled last second. That I've never seen anything like before. It was so, and I wonder how if if they thought that basically Boris would give them more time, and then he oh, didn't. There's this, there's no question, but you know, this is it, it, when the Mets do the physical. The, the question I would have is when the Mets do the physical, do they do this physical? Do they find this without the red flag of whatever the Giants came up? In other words. If Correa just agreed to terms with the Mets and you had the press conference with the Mets ready to go, do they ever raise this as a red flag or are they double-checking, especially whatever ailment this is with the leg, because of the giant thing? I don't know. I don't have an answer to that, but uh, but you're right. I mean, it was so far down the road. Boris had fly, flown out to San Francisco. You know, we're going to have the press conference, this and that. But I do think that at the end of the day, what happens, and, and I'll come back to the J.D. Martinez thing, is that, you know, you just you, you tweak the deal. This deal might have to be tweaked a little bit, but I think that you tweak the deal. And, and you can't tell me if there's not going to be another team sitting there if if the Mets say, no, thank you. The Twins are going to be sitting there saying, well, we know this guy. We just had him. You know, he his likes seem fine to us or good enough to us. We're willing to, at very least, give him – a deal like short-term high AAV, and all right, that's fine. I don't think that Carlos Correa is going to be out of baseball because of this. No, no, absolutely not. Now, I do have a question for for you, though, with that Conforto signing, and that's, I think it was $36 million two years. Do you think that any of that deal was to appease Boris, almost like a peace offering after nah, everything nah. went I, so I out people, of whack? I know people do that, but I don't think so. I think that they, it's it's just like, you know, we as as out or as onlookers, when we look at the Boris stuff, we're like, "Oh, this team must be so pissed off. This team must be so upset. This team is never going to do a deal with Boris again." That's not how it works. And and really, the 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 executives are smart enough to understand as mad as Boris can make them, or as mad as any agent can make them, there's going to be another client coming down the road where you can't burn that bridge. You just can't. Yeah. And it can get heated. And I believe me, I've known cases where it's gotten heated. It can get heated, but you know that you have to do business because there's going to be other players. And, you know, the Red Sox with uh, Bogarts going to Yoshida, right? I mean, the, the Bogarts negotiations are a mess. And then next thing you know, like almost the same day, yeah. actually the same day, you're blowing away the, uh, the, another Boris client, Yoshida, with, with a bigger deal. So yeah, I, I don't think so. Conforto, what do you think about Conforto though? That's where did you have him on your rankings? I think I, I, I believe he was 80th. He wasn't that high as Ooh, far as outfielders wow. go. Yeah, I don't. Um, so I had I that was one of the people that I got a little bit of pushback on where I ranked him. Um, but I don't. I think it's harder to shake the rust off than a lot of people give it credit. And shoulder injuries can be very risky. Um, mm. 
And, you know, you wonder if how his power is going to look, how his throwing arm in the outfield is going to look. What is what's he going to be from this? It's a, just a, it's a big question mark. So I, I see that as being uh, pretty uncertain as far as um, your yeah. options go. It's, it's a significant um, allocation of resources for a question mark like that. Yeah. Not only is he hurt, not only missed the year, but you look at what he did the last time we saw him, and it was like, okay, you know, yeah, like he's fine. Yeah, he's, he's fine. Healthy. But I think it just it really this is a product of really having a thin, thin, thin outfield market. Yeah, it was. I mean, if you're going off of name value, he was probably top ten. But I just thought that there were, and honestly, still are some guys that are that provide a little bit more stability than uh, Conforto. But that's also why I asked, just like signing a guy that's that high risk for as much as he got. Like maybe they didn't want to burn that bridge with Boris, and that's why they. Uh, I think. That, it, that I think it's honestly more. It, I have to guess more of like we have this money that we aren't going to spend. We better spend it on something. <laughs> and and you have uh, who, who else did the Giants sign? Um, uh, Taylor Rogers, the lefty reliever. Well, yeah, I mean, they're back to back, boom, boom, right? Yeah, I think his brother's with the team too. Rogers' brother, yeah. Taylor Rogers. Well, listen, listen, it's, it's never bad to have a sibling on a team. It's no. nice. Um, but uh, you, you, who, who is the other outfield? Oh, they got uh, earlier in the offseason. Oh, um, uh, Hanniger, Mitch Hanniger, Mitch Hanniger, right? So, yeah. so. <laughs> You know, you go back to selling tickets, and I do find that sort of fascinating. How many tickets did they sell in that time that you thought going to get Correa? Because I can tell you what, the Mitch Hanniger, Taylor Rogers, Michael Conforto signings are not going to put fannies in the seat like Correa did or would have. I had heard that they had already printed out pictures of Correa on the tickets, some of them that had already been sold. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, they should have. I mean, that's, that's the whole part of the whole reason you pay that one guy that. So, all right. Well, we'll find out in the coming days more about Correa, um, which is, again, this is, this is if we reflect on this, if we reflect on this, Ed, about, let's say, just to say, you know, when free agency started till now, it hasn't disappointed in terms of chaos and drama and interest. And also just the order of events has been pretty much like the top 20 guys are all gone right now. People right. are getting signed around where you would expect them to, which I, you know, usually there's like somebody in the top 10 that lasts until February and not this year. No, no, it's, it's, that's, you're, you're so right. I mean, just is, I would have never predicted, I always somebody, always maybe a couple people that they're going to ride it out. And I do think there are a couple guys who, are going to benefit from, and Corey Conforto is one of them, to be honest with you, who benefit from sort of the thinning out of everything really quickly. I think Evaldi's going to be another one. That, Evaldi's know, in an interesting spot, though, just because of the qualifying offer, where, um, you know, like if until the other options are gone, I think that's a big part of why he hasn't signed yet. So you're, you're absolutely yeah, right. I mean, but I think, it. Listen, I mean, I think, I think teams are, I got to be honest with you, from what I heard the other day, Teams are in on him more than I thought they would with be with a call qualifying offer. I think teams look at him and they say, we need a guy who is going to be a potential top of the rotation, the middle of the rotation, no doubt about a guy if he stays healthy. And there you go. I mean, well, that's, kind be, of a, that's, that's a, no doubt about it. If he's healthy, that's yeah, kind he, of, no, I know. I know you're a big Waka, <laughs> you know, over a Baldy guy and even, even Kluber sitting there. And, you know, don't sleep on uh, – Kluber had a good year, man. Kluber, Johnny Cueto, man, 3.35. Oh, right, right, yeah. So, but you're you're right about that. But but the fact that San Diego's in on Ovaldi 
they don't care about qualifying. No. Come on, <laughs> no, no, no. So, so you you do have some guys, and that that'll be sort of interesting in the coming week. All right. The, the with that said, if you uh, and you know, don't just give me like. I'm going to ask you the top three guys, the three guys that you would want to sign right now. And they can be like ranked 150. I don't care. And don't just, just rattle off of Waldy, Walk, and Kluber because we just talked about Orquato. Give me three yeah. guys and, may, and maybe and you can, you can say Jorge Alfaro if you like. Um, but give me, give me three guys who you would sign right now. All right. I actually would say Alfaro. Um, Good. All my right. First, uh, my first guy there. And my reasoning is that he's the best offensive catcher left. He can play a little outfield for you if you don't want to start him at catcher. And he's still, I think he's still only 30. Like the, all of the reasons I said he was a good under the radar guy before are still completely true. There aren't, it's really hard to get catchers at this point. It's him and Gary Sanchez are the top two. So if you need even a number two catcher, he's a very, very good. Very good option. And you would you would take up you would take Alfaro over if Sanchez? Yeah, because I don't think Sanchez's defense really can do it at this point. And he's kind of a home run or nothing guy. He's sort of uh sort of almost a DH at this point. Okay. Okay. So Alfaro number one on team ed. So who yeah. else you got? Who two two other guys? You're gonna fill out your roster. Yeah. Um Okay, I've got an under the radar outfield option that I've always been Ooh, I like fond that. of, and that's Corey Dickerson. Okay, all right. Who um, he's won a Silver Slugger as a DH. He also won a Gold Glove as an outfielder. He's wow. uh, left left handed hitter. Um, he's shown in the past anything from being a twenty four home run guy to being a, just a high average, not a lot of power guy. Um, he hasn't been as healthy over the last few years, but he always manages to get about a half season's worth of good at bats in for you. So he's he's somebody that I think is just a professional hitter. Um, I like that. that. I, I like that. About. Yeah, that's a good one. I mean, the, the, I like that little nugget. Your guy, silver slugger and gold glove. Yeah, I mean, if, he if, can if, do it. You should be his agent. Yeah. yeah, put, yeah, put it in the binder. Yeah. Um, okay, and I think my third guy is um and these are this is gonna be Wade Miley. Okay. I can who, get behind uh, that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Best lefty starter available, which isn't really saying that much. His competition involved are guys like uh Dallas Keichel and uh you know, like Rich Hill, so maybe not the best, best competition. Um, it's a little bit on the older side, like 36, but when he was healthy last year, he pitched really well. And his last year with the Reds, he was really good too. So that's somebody that can eat innings for you and maybe, you know, maybe if everything goes right, he's a number three starter, but you're not going to have to commit much to him. So, you know, definitely. Worst case scenario, you have another lefty on your team. All right, so in synopsis, your guy Jorge Alfaro, Corey Dickerson, and Wade Miley. Yes, sir. I like it. You're a team builder. Yeah. I mean, at this point, you're not going to be able to have – you're not going to have any players that you can build the team around. So getting good support pieces, getting good role players, that's all still there. Yeah. And any any, any bullpen arms? You want to fill out the bullpen? Oh, man, yeah. There's actually some pretty good lefties still left in there. There's, um, there's Andrew Chafin. Um, who opted out after a very good year with the Tigers. Uh, he's been very good for two years in a row now. Um, you know, there's uh, Brad Hand and Will Smith and Matt Moore are all reasonably good options. Um, Hand even has some closing experience. And then for righties, there's uh, one guy that really stands above the rest, and that's uh, Michael Fulmer, Fulmer, uh, Fulmer yeah, rookie yeah. of the year. Yeah, yeah. Um, he uh, was a pretty good setup man also with Detroit. Um 
So I'm kind of surprised not to see him go. The next best variety is probably Alex Reyes, who's more of a uh, high-risk, high-reward type guy because he's been hurt, and who knows if he's going to be able to throw. But if he's good, he was an all-star as a closer the last time he was healthy. So still in his 20s. Well, well, that's where we are right now. By the way, about that Matt Strong deal looks good for Matt Strong. Retrospectively, yeah. You know, and honestly, that's what I give, you know, the Levinsons a lot of credit. They do a good job of getting relievers signed pretty early and getting the deals. And, 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 um, and like Strom's latest example. And, and you go back to the beginning of free agency, you have, you have some guy that was the first wave of guys, right? The the, the relievers. Oh, here come the relievers. Yep, we saw. I mean, even before anybody else signed, before free agency was go, um, I mean, the Mets signed Diaz, their closer. That was the first guy that got yeah. a, that got a big extension. And then Padres, um, who was that? Uh, Suarez, so, Suarez, and then also Nick Martinez. Nick, Nick Martinez. Yeah, I mean, they, they all came up. All right. Well, there we go. We're, we're, I'm sure. I'm sure that by the time that three days pass, things will change dramatically. Well, maybe not. This week is. The week, the holiday week, the week between Christmas and New Year's is always sort of, if there's going to be a slow week, it's going to be this one. But Ed, like this, I've said that going back to Thanksgiving, stuff that is happening, stuff just happens. Guys just want to get signed. There's so many guys off the board. And the last thing we wait for are the trades. That's what the last thing. So we just haven't had a whole lot of them. So we'll see. All right. Well, uh, well, uh, good stuff as always. And tomorrow, tomorrow we'll talk again. And tomorrow we'll be talking about a position which I can't figure out, the designated hitter position. I think a lot of teams can't figure that out right now. (laughs) In celebration of opening day, we've got a special episode of the Moth Podcast for you. The theme is baseball and the surprising ways it connects people. I gaze out at the players on the field and then I I look over at my dad and I, I realize that in the silence between us that Something has changed. It's like I'm seeing him for the first time. Choose stories about baseball, family, and so much more. The episode's available right now. Subscribe to The Moth Podcast to make sure you hear it.